He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. That, you know, it's all about the, the, the three Ps, you know, people, people, people. Mm. And within that, caring for people. If it's people in your work, in your life, how can you care for others? How can you give a bit more? And I've been, you know, really surprised about seeing an industry that has been, you know, ripped apart all over the globe, not only in Europe or the UK or London, all of it been, it's been decimated. Many of them, like Ed or many other operators, they have been out giving to the, the, the frontline employees in the hospitals, the firefighters, the police in the first part of the pandemic. They're helping homeless people. Hotels are giving rooms away. And you think that, that you know, I knew it was an industry, you know, that was, that was resilient and so on, but also where there's a lot of heart and care. Welcome to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast where we discuss all things hospitality, hotels, and business. You can find us online at slicktalkthepodcast.com and on every podcast listening platform. Staring down the barrel of a 60% permanent closure rate, it's time to fix what's broken. It's time to change the game. The hospitality industry is at a pivotal point. And it's become painfully obvious that business acumen strategic planning will matter just as much as resilience. There's no shortage of resources ranging from how to apply for loans to how to negotiate with your landlord. But at some point, we will turn our sights towards the future. And when that time comes, we'll need tools and strategies to thrive, not just survive. In the hospitality industry, we fix our own problems. This is no different. We've created a group called the Hospitality Game Changers. It's on Facebook, a platform you already use daily. It's a space just for us where we're tackling the most difficult issues facing our industry and creating solutions. It's updated daily with the most compelling audio, written, and video content to make sure you're plugged into what's going on today and what can help us tomorrow. It's quick and easy and free to join. Just log into Facebook and search Hospitality Game Changers in the search bar. And you're all set. We can't change the cards that we are dealt, but we can change how we play the game. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and if you've been following along in the show, you've probably seen this name once or twice, maybe 5, 10, 20 times, who knows. Um, this guy is a, it's a great guy. I'm excited to introduce him to the show, and Michael from Hospitality Mavericks, the founder, the host, the man who actually your podcast is one of the first podcasts I listened to when I started to form Slick Talk. So oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, no, as you and um, Fuel from our Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast were one of the first two mm-hmm. that I started listening to. And then, uh, of course, a few others, but continued on with your you and Fuel's uh, podcast. So it's great to have you on the show, Michael. I'm excited for all the slick talkers to get to know who you are, what we're doing together. And of course, uh, just kind of what's going on in, in your world of hospitality as well. So welcome. Thank you very much, uh, Will, for bringing me on. I'm very humble and honored that uh, you want me to have a little chat with me and uh, give me an opportunity to talk to your to your audience. Uh, and I'm I'm a very I'm very uh, humble that you thought that uh, you got inspired from from the Hospitality Mavericks podcast. But then definitely good to hear it's uh, it's put some good in the world. Yes, well, all the way from London to Washington State, here you are. <laughs> you're making that reach across the pond i love it it's, yeah uh, so and that was actually the reason why we started out as well we wanted to touch more people than we could in our day-to-day yeah. work in uh, in our business yeah well um i think it's a great way for you to just kind of tell us about what got you because i think my audience knows you know what got me into podcasting and to yeah. kind of like where we are today but what got you like you've been in the industry since you were a boy like little little right yeah, it's it's true. So um, I'm born and raised. The, the, the funny accent is because I'm born and raised in a in a southern part of Denmark, and okay. Denmark is a little country in Scandinavia with five million inhabitants. To think that we one con- once conquered the world as Vikings. <laughs> And my mom and dad, they ran a hospitality business. And it was not like a branded restaurant. It was like a mom and pop business with eight different things going on uh, over a year. 
uh, there will be, you know, some summer business, there's going to be some winter business, and there was like pubs and so on. Um, so from so from the day I was born, I was literally in uh, in hospitality. My mom took me to the pub when she was on maternity to to clean <laughs> the pub, and I was just running around or lying in my crib at that point. But from very early <laughs> age, I was like in there, you know, getting it under my skin. Um, and uh, when I was 15 years old, my mom said that I couldn't stay in the family business. Uh, she thought it was not uh, good. I actually already in that age, because it was mom and dad's business, I've already worked for some years in that business, you know, doing the potatoes, peeling the potatoes, washing up and all the, the things you do when you start out. And then she sent me to McDonald's with a job application. And I was not like really keen on that, not because there's nothing wrong with McDonald's, but I wanted to stay with my mom and dad and work with them because I thought it was exciting. But quite quickly, uh, I got the job and quite quickly I started as a 15 year old cleaning uh, the lobby and the loose. But actually, I found out that, you know, there's a lot to learn here. And actually, I'm actually appreciated for the small things I do. So stayed with McDonald's for 11 years of my life uh, from, you know, running restaurants to moving up to head offices, running teams, projects within people, operation, training, and uh, much more both in Denmark and in the UK. And then uh, also spent a significant amount of years building a, a Danish cafe chain, coffee chain in the early 2000s with uh, the two founders, I was head of uh, operation, our director of operation and people, and we built that from four to about 27 units. And that was an accelerating journey, like very entrepreneurial journey compared to coming from the more structured McDonald's system. Mm -hmm. uh, and then at some point of that journey, I found out that, you know, uh, I, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm an entrepreneur at heart because it probably comes from my mom and dad that, that ran different businesses besides the restaurant business. My dad also had a real estate business. Um, and my brother is an entrepreneur as well. And thereby I thought, okay, what am I going to do? I'm going to jump out in it. And I knew that there was somebody that needed my, one of my consultancy, but I couldn't do it because I was employed at McDonald's at that point. So I actually quit my job at McDonald's and started an, a new life where I didn't have totally clarity of what's going on. I got a couple of gigs around, you know, help with some training, development, franchising, and so on, and strategy. And uh, on that journey, the the birth to hospitality Mavericks were done because one thing I've always been very fascinated about is what the best of the best are doing. Even from an early age as a manager at McDonald's, I found out that some managers that just was better than others. Their shifts made better results or some restaurants mm -hmm. was better than others. And then I went to university, I found out there's some businesses that were, and actually there was a book I read in my early twenties. I was doing my business uh, degree, uh, finishing that in strategy and leadership. It was called Good to Great. And I wrote my dissertation on that and the business I worked in the, the cafe chain at that point. And I found out that, you know, those specific behaviors and, and that I took with me and there out of that journey and the love for hospitality and knowing it from the inside out, I built hospitality Mavericks, but I thought, well, you know, we need to share what the Mavericks are doing. There's a lot of Mavericks doing cool stuff out there, both in corporate and in individual stores or founders and entrepreneurs. We need to get good stories out there to inspire people to think differently because we need different thinking in the industry mm. uh, to solve big problems. We can come back to that. So, so that was my journey. And within that journey, the podcast was born about two, two years, almost three years ago now. See, this year has just disappeared with the pandemic. Um, and we started the podcast. Uh, I thought it would do three or four episodes. That was it. I didn't actually expect anything from it. Mm. Uh, it was a bit like a believer. How can we actually reach more people with all the great insights we get as a consultancy working with... Uh, you know, CEOs and so on. How can we get that out to all parts of the industry? How can the little man sometimes inspire the big man and the other mm -hmm. way around as well? Mm -hmm. uh, and it was all mavericks of people I knew predominantly that had this, you know, they had some maverick thinking. They, th they thought differently than the rest of the bunch. And uh, we did the first four episodes. It looked like there was okay traction. And we, we only did it every two weeks. And then it just evolved into with the starting of this year to a weekly thing. And then there's a lot happening with that. We are doing some stuff together with the game changers. Yeah. Uh, and all of it comes back to the core purpose of, you know, want to build a better industry that cares for, you know, people, 
the yeah. community they're part of, and then also have a positive impact on the planet. And that's my purpose as well. If I can tick those off, I'm 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 on with it. And so that that's the journey wrapped up in both well, my background and everything. Can I can I ask with your mom's intentions? to get you out of the family business and into McDonald's, was it for you to get a wider perspective on the industry or kind of like give you a, you know, be able to give you a cast your net or was she just mad at you for being with her all the time? And so she was like, you know, I need you out of here. Uh, it could probably be that last thing. <laughs> I know she would tell that she's very direct. Um, no, it was actually because she hoped I would leave hospitality and, and go why? do something else. Why, why did she, why did she want that? uh i just thought it was such a hard gig it was even hard at that point they, they did quite well we talked about profit margins in restaurants mm-hmm. at that point at 15 percent. but uh my mom and dad didn't like said i couldn't do anything they'd sometimes try to inspire me and i think mm. i think i think they they had some you know in hospitality but i think that's any business you know when i talk with business owners outside hospitality, they have also you know dark times you know um, yeah so it's not an industry specific thing. It's so hard in hospitality. It's hard when you not make profit in any business. It doesn't yeah. matter which business you're in. Um, so I think it was just a bit like, oh, Missy hoped a bit like that would, you know, a springboard. And then it actually made me go. I didn't want to go to university at that point. I thought, you know, I, I just want to learn the like my dad had done most of his life, the way of life, you know. Uh, yeah. But I'm so glad that McDonald's actually gave me that structure Mm. that I actually went to university and and those probably things I've done today. I definitely didn't, wouldn't have had the jobs, uh, some of the jobs I had, but didn't go to university. So I think it was like, you know, both that, you know, it's healthy to leave home, you know, Uh, but also as he told, it would be very good for, you know, at that age, you're probably, it's good to get some confidence boost in a way as well. Um, And you get that when you're, you're, you're trained with some of the best. That's, that's what you have to remember mcdonald's and kfc is you know if you like it or not some of the most successful restaurant businesses in the world most profitable over time yeah uh, and then we can take all the uh, have a conversation about all the other things around them yes that's fine but in the end of the day they are running very successful businesses and a very good environment for young people to grow and learn in definitely mcdonald's are the only thing i can talk about i wouldn't be where i was if i hadn't stayed with mcdonald's that's that's for certain so yeah, that's incredible. Just to think of like your mom casting you out, just be like, get out of hospitality. And then the first thing you, it, what you do, just brings her right back into it. And I think you're right though, like with McDonald's thing is that even if you look at them outside of a restaurant side of things, business, a corporate, like a corporation, um, they do have a great business structure and have proven that over time, uh, you know, it's profitable and that it's not just, a fast food, you know, type business where people just go get a dollar McChicken or whatever. It's a, it's a legit yeah. corporation. Um, what, what was maybe like the craziest thing other than structure or um, I guess like a, a, a true passion for, for what you do, what was like one of the coolest takeaways from, from jumping into that business? Um, so structure and system can go on like learning how to operate within a system, you know, follow, follow some practices that's well proven and understand why you're following them. And then, you know, one of the things I was very lucky to build systems within McDonald's in my jobs as well and implement them into restaurants because implementation and execution is often what there's lacking in many businesses. It's not ideas and visions. And, uh, you know, grit is still there, but often is understanding how do you make it sticky in the business? How do you make it work? How do you make it the, the rubber hit the road? And McDonald's has an incredible ability. Think about how many restaurants do they have today or plus 36,000 restaurants. And they're still able to implement one vision through all of them very quickly when they make changes. I think that's fascinating, you know, and I think that's where many businesses fail. And the reason why they can do that is because the foundation of their basic systems are so well funded in the business and everybody's following them. Uh, and I think that's, that's been a massive learning. And that's what I'm trying to preach every time I go into a business, you know, you, know, you need to get first, find the right direction for the business and the purpose and all that. That's really important because if you don't have that, you don't know where you're going. 
you know, and then understand uh, how to put the right team together, right people on the bus, wrong people off the bus, set the culture. And the McDonald's is there's a system that, that runs, you know, a very strong culture carer. And then uh, make sure that, you know, people uh, are trained to execute on plans that really makes impact. And again, it's focused within them as well. But the, the ability to implement is so overlooked sometimes. Uh, and I think it's coming back now with the situation we have in the world that people understand it doesn't matter how great ideas and how many spreadsheets you have. It has to be so simple, it can be easily implemented across so your business very fast. What, what's, uh, what makes good implementation then like for for an idea, because I think you and I, um, we, we discuss a lot of big industry things weekly. Yeah. You know, we, we talk with each other every Monday. Uh, we discuss everything from restaurants to hotels, to vacation rentals, to anything. We, we literally have discussed, I think, almost everything under the sun. Uh, but like when it comes to implementation, um, what, I guess, what are the things that make implementation ex like, execute properly because i think we we see a lot of people you know come up with ideas and do stuff but i guess what is uh, the main thing is it getting your core values and getting your mission or is it um i guess just pulling the trigger and adjusting you know there's so many things that go too yeah because again you always have you you you're, you know there's, there's a couple of things you need to put into of course into into the equation so where are your business in the life cycle uh, is it a startup or is it a well-funded corporate rolling out of course you need to take that in and also it really depends on how your baseline is yeah um you have a very favorite basketball player one of my favorite athletes in the world i've always been a big fan i played basketball from a very young age, michael jordan and he always talked about his fundamentals it was mm. about you know the one point the two point start training that it was about running your rounds every time you know doing your lift lift uh, going to the gym and lift your weights you know and it's this foundation you have within the business that actually gives you the headspace to make implementation work so that's this is again how well are your people system how well are your finance systems working how well is your marketing systems working and you can go across the whole business that way uh, and make sure those systems so if you have a foundation of that and of course that foundation always have to put layer but that's why you're implementing but then when you start implementing we say we know those two things they are the business in a certain way in the life cycle so we can only expect the system at being at certain certain point because every, nobody can be mcdonald's because mcdonald's has worked on this plus 60 years you know so they, they worked in these systems so just accept radical accept where you are and build your foundation for that. But then when you make a new initiative, you want to implement because the people makes a lot of initiatives, but often what they forget is the, 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 the getting it ticked off on the, the project checklist is not enough. You need to get it sticky with your people so they can actually carry it through for you and come back and you can correct it. And also you cannot just leave it straight away when you implement it. It's not just that tick box on the project and then it's done. It's about seeing it as a campaign where you're rolling it across your organization. And you need to create communication around it. You need to get people engaged in this. You need to make this exciting. And uh, and also it's about, you know, really getting to the core of what that makes this initiative work because also resistant against new things is often the reason why they fail. 70% of all change fail because the, the communication never reached the front line. If you take a hospitality business, for example. Mm -hmm. um, so again, how do we actually build campaigns to actually get people on board with these? And then also, it's not about how many initiatives you can implement. It's about the one initiative that makes all the others not matter or they disappear by themselves. So it's always, always before you start doing strategic initiative in the business and trying to find, you know, maybe one or two or three initiatives that are really going to rock the boat. They're actually going to do 80% of the work. And I think often that pre-work sometimes um, either has done too much of it, but actually what I've seen often in hospitality is that we have a gut about this is what we're going to do. This is what our neighbors are doing. This is what our competitors are doing. So let's do it as well. Everybody's doing delivery. Yeah, let's do that. But is that the right thing for you? Everybody's doing uh, gift vouchers. Is that the right thing for you to do? Everybody is doing co-working. Is this the right thing for you to do? Exactly. Does that fit with your values and purpose, as you said? Because that's, again, one of the foundation. Have very clear 
foundation and value and purpose. So it's like a three divided basis I see. You know, you need to know where you're coming from and where you're going, your purpose and direction. Then you need to get your basic business systems to a certain level. And then you need to think about when you do initiatives, see that as a campaign. How would, um, how would McDonald's introduce a new burger to the market? They will not just put it on the shelf, would they? Or take it off, then it's done. They make a lot of noise around that burger, both mm. internally and externally. So it's very mm. clear there's something new happening. And thereby it becomes sticky because it's the communication and the quality of that communication that works. And it goes back to its principle of marketing activity more than its implementation in that way. And then you get people on board and they work with it. And when you say campaign, I, I think of... Uh the the word follow through i think because yeah. like um that's the biggest thing that i've seen just even with our own like you know business i'm i'm pretty sure you can relate it's like coming up with the, an idea or a concept or whatever rolling it out but then continually to follow through yeah. and follow up with it it's not not even follow through it's just follow up just continue not to push but to continue to be consistent if that makes sense yeah. um so would you say that has a big a big role to play? Obviously, I, I think a lot of the listeners are not idiots and uh, actually yeah. none of the listeners are idiots. So it's just the, uh, I think follow through is an obvious thing, but I think I think we underestimate it as a fundamental. Yeah, I think it's the, the power consistency, I call it as well. Like, you know, when you have implemented something, it needs to be maintained and it needs to be improved every week. You know, the continuous yeah. improvement as well. Uh, and coming back to it, it's a bit like, you know, the good example, you mentioned podcast. It's, it's a great example because if you don't do it every week or you don't only do it when you feel like it and you don't mm -hmm. keep the standard of that, I think the audience is going to disappear. Mm -hmm. And the same goes for a business. You need to improve 1% every week and 1% is manageable. Is that when you have to run 10% in a week, that's when it's get hard, you know, and mm -hmm. And implementation fails. So this continuous improvement, also accepting when you have implemented it, it's not done. It's merely at a point where you can start maintaining it instead of building it. Mm. Uh, and you're just, then you're just doing your fine tuning. You're doing all your all the small things that really makes it matter. Where where all the you know the profit is lying or all the the impact is lying from from that initiative. And I think that's also sometimes again you know like I cleaned the window done, but that doesn't mean you're never going to clean the windows again. You're probably going to clean them again next week. Yeah. Um, and and that's again you know consistency is much more rewarded than perfection. And uh, and it's important to get things done as well. I know that, but you can then get it done, get it implemented, and then start working on improving it. Um, because there's always time. It's, it's it's time critical as well, isn't it? You cannot just continue on the same thing. You need to move on, as you say, when you 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 have implemented something. So I think again, consistency and continuous improvement, and that power together is very. And, and a lot of people focusing on doing you know bang here it is and then they want all the fame but the yeah. fame for business or for an individual comes after hard doing the same small things and again and again and there's often the things people never see that makes you successful as a business or as an individual yeah. and you just have to keep on doing it michael jordan was not a success from day one he built himself up every day mm -hmm. going into that basketball court and i think he's a great example of you know he he was almost failing back in college as i understood and then quite quick quickly he got on it and then he suddenly he had a breakthrough that went so fast you know but but also that means there was years before that where he's just done the same thing every day throwing that one point and two pointer dribbling running physical training you know all the boring stuff that nobody actually awards and i think i think a lot of people there's much better to talk about these things. I've talked about this before, but it comes back to consistency. The same goes into a business in my world. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, you know, I think you and I both have seen this because I started the show about, yeah, a little, almost to three years ago. Um, yeah. And very inconsistent in the beginning. Didn't know what the hell I was doing. You know, just kind of doing it like you said. I didn't think I would make it past, you know, a season, to be honest. It was just like, we'll see where it goes. It's a fun idea. It's kind of entrepreneurial, but it's really just like, uh, who knows? Um, here we are three years later. And that's what the one thing I've been telling people is consistency is been like the number one thing. The moment I got into a pattern of 
learning those fundamentals and continuing to like grow and understand like what that medium was, what does it take to what catches a person's ear really? How do, what, what's not being played out in the, in the world of podcasts and hospitality? What's all these certain things. Uh, have you guys seen, cause I think you have shown me the same thing is that consistency is key. We, when you continue to practice it, but then also my one thing I've always been thinking and saying is that, um, you know, I think we come from a very well marketing and branding background, you know, when is a lot of people think a podcast, like, I don't know, three years doesn't sound like much, but at the end of the day is you're consistent, uh, consistently building a brand. So there's never a continuous ROI. Like, it's not like I started out on day one and was like, all right, I got my return on investment on my microphone and this and that and then blah, 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 blah. It's a long-term game. Have you guys seen a similar thing when it comes to uh, the Mavericks podcast, when in, when Hospitality Mavericks was born and, and started getting traction and started becoming consistent? Um, has that been a, a, a pretty big takeaway from you? There's no doubt about the conversation you have around the podcast. Uh, like if you want to go in, like podcast is like any other thing, you know, if it's, you know, there's a lot of people out there that sell your promises. I've heard a yeah. lot of people, you have to launch a podcast to be the next business guru or yeah. <laughs> be a millionaire. And I actually think, don't think it's anything to do with the podcast. It's, it's who you become by doing the podcast. Mm-hmm. because it, it does something to you. And I think it's, again, comes back to, you know, the consistency of you have to do something every week. And, and as every week goes, there's more and more people looking at you. It's a bit like growing a business. There's more and more customers. Mm-hmm. So it's more and more difficult to satisfy everyone and make sure that everybody's happy. And you you, you start to looking at when people unsubscribe from your newsletter, you, you feel bad and mm-hmm. all those things. And, and it becomes a little business in itself. Um, yeah. The... But I like to think that the most powerful thing, you know, when you get into rhythm and a consistency around the podcast specifically is that you start to develop with it, you know, and, um, and it's a bit like a, it takes you on a bit of a journey in a way, because I, a bit like you said, I wasn't expecting to do this at this point. I didn't at that point when I started out, I thought it was something we did 10 episodes or a season. And then, you know, it was there out there as part of the content around uh, the seven hours of content for the zero moments of true finding hospitality mavericks. And now it's become central to the business. It's, it's yeah. probably a business in the pandemic uh, is the business in the pandemic. That's what it is. And mavericks, everybody connects it more with the podcast than originally what we set out to do. Yeah. Uh, and that's interesting um, and insights and research more now than so many other things. So, so I think again, you know, if you have that consistency, sometimes consistency takes you places you wouldn't expect. It sounds boring, but actually it yeah. takes you places. In, and sometimes when people can see consistency, they also seek you to join forces with you in, 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 in different ways. You know, you, you want, you want to, you want to invest in what looks safe, no matter mm-hmm. what. If it's your emotion or your time or your money, you like something that looks consistent, you know? Yeah. I was going to say, uh, we, we both were on Josh Copel's uh, podcast, Full Comp. And yeah. I think I've learned something from, from him when we discussed um, previously was that, do you, I, and I want to know your thoughts too, because I feel like I'm always learning now. Like the podcast was, yeah, a great way for, like to build a brand and to do these other things that we thought it would do, right? But now I feel like every guest, we learn something new. And every time, you know, we get feedback from the audience or whatever, like it's a consistent growth pattern. Um, like you said, getting like 1% every week. Do you guys yeah. see the same? Like, do you feel like having the podcast has really helped you with your reach of knowledge as well? Just because it's, I, it's definitely been made me more, you know, because when you come from an operational leadership, leadership background on opera, with an operational, very operational and people driven touch on, you don't touch much on marketing. Yeah. So like, you know, I thought I was quite good at some things, but I've been really on a learning curve and still are the last four years. And the podcast accelerated that. And I knew at that point and the podcast was launched as, you know, a marketing initiative. Um, and I'm still like, there's so much to learn. And I'm like, you know, uh, I wished I started earlier. I wished I'd, you know, started the podcast five years ago because that forces you yeah. to learn marketing. And I, I don't know, I don't, I don't think there's any entrepreneurs, 
you know, there's one thing is selling is one thing, but actually understanding how you get them to the table is actually a bigger discipline. And then, you know, there's so many things you can do, but the podcast in a way learns you some of the basic things. I've, I'm a big believer in like, you know, you get better at email marketing, you, you get mm-hmm. better at actually, you know, listening to, to audience and understand your audience because I think also that's probably the, you know, one of the most important things you need to understand your audience to really to give them that silver bullet that one thing that changed their life because if you're solving problems in their life you're really solving these things so i think that's that's the thing like from a very skill thing and then i think again coming back to it's already also you know clarified me what mavericks are out there because i had an idea i had a concept about what mavericks were doing and not doing and i very quickly you know in the beginning i thought they were not existing in corporates even though i came from corporate myself i thought all those they leave corporates but there's actually mavericks within corporate mavericks is everywhere you know they're creating change everywhere positive change and doing some things that in small organization or big organizations um and you know it's, it's moved my mindset as well and become probably a bit more clear on the whole you know maverick thing and i'm you know you know there's a lot of people say why don't you write that book and i'm very close to be able to do that it's just a time thing now i think but i have a very clear idea about what the maverick book is about and of course it's something about leadership and how you transform organizations into become something that really makes impact on uh, people communities and planet and i think i wouldn't have been able to articulate that in that way if i were just told sit down and write a book and it would just become like an you know, an average book, and I don't want to yeah. do an, anything average. And also, it, it, it focuses, it forces you because you become known in the the publicity. So you have to learn with the thing. And I think I, you know, something like yeah, you know, I think Gary Vee he said, "Don't give a shit what other people think." And it's very hard in the beginning because you're analyzing yourself. But I think it actually trained that skill as well. That okay, you're doing what you can do, and you're putting your best of you out there. And, uh, and I'm okay with that. I don't think about it anymore, but I thought about that a lot. And that, that's definitely been a, a journey. You know, I don't, I don't think about when I post things and stuff like that, mm-hmm. I write, write things. I think this is what I believe. And it's okay with other things differently. Um, and I think, yeah, I think that's a really good skill for many people as many people are keeping themselves back because they're afraid what other people would, would think about them. hundred percent agree. Like you couldn't have said it better. Like you just took the words out of my mouth. Um, yeah, no, that's incredible. So with, oh, man, I just, I, you get me thinking about like everything that's happened, you know, and with like the beginning of it all and just the, the understanding of, and I think it comes back to hospitality too, because when you're just doing that, like there's a lot of podcasts out there that are doing it for certain reasons, right? They want to grow their business in the sense of getting emails and contacts and start marketing to these people about consulting or services or products or, you know, that other stuff. But when you, you said something, you know, regarding the silver bullet, providing that silver bullet that could change somebody's life. And I think the podcast has just been such like a keen, way to execute that bullet and to because like you're reaching people with a a a platform you know people when they're swimming uh in their pool they can't watch a youtube video or they can't you know they can't bring joe rogan on youtube while they're doing exercises in their their pool or like all these other things while they're running they you know no one wants to watch a youtube video but they can listen right they could take the audio so you're able to reach them at a different level and i think it's become really incredible just to see do you do you see your audience now becoming part of like part of the show in the sense is why i guess i'm trying to get at like they're more able to connect in that aspect than they would a normal outlet or medium um it's an interesting because um interesting question because i think you suddenly uh you're, you're touching people you never know you touch in a way. And then suddenly somebody comes up to you in a ram. Now we can't go to events in the moment, but I've yeah. already been to events within the last two years where people said, listen to that podcast. It was really helpful for me what you talked about there, that specific thing. And that's the silver bullet I talk about again, because it's all about solving problems. It's not about, you know, people can talk about as a sales funnel. Da, 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 yeah. That's, you know, it really doesn't convert that easy, uh, but it's about, you know, how can you actually impact people's lives so they get better in a way? And I've always seen it that way. And in, in, from a hospitality point of view, how do, I, how do I create better leaders? How do I, 
how I'm part of that and how would yeah. I become a better leader? I do that by talking with the best of the best, understanding what their minds are going on in their minds. And if I can share that at the same time, I've also touched somebody else. And I think you're right. It's the uh, the audience as you grow, you will get a little, you know, there's always a core audience in anything you do in life. It's a football mm. club or it's a business. There's always some hardcore fan and you can see they are now, gathering there, even asking, could, could you put this guy on the, the podcast? And da, da, da. so it's, it's funny to get those emails and please keep on sending those emails. Yes. Because some of those <laughs> guests are sometimes, you know, the most amazing guests. You wouldn't even thought about them because they maybe they're not a big name and maybe they're very yeah. humble, don't want to have the publicity, but they're doing some absolutely crazy things. Uh, like what a guy called Ed I had on the podcast. He was feeding the most of Brighton's hospitality people when they lost their jobs in, in the start of pandemic and all the homeless people and were just doing it from his heart, you know, and he found money through the council and he found a way to fund this. But he used his kitchen to be an active community. He, he didn't want to, he didn't seek to get. I found him because somebody else said, look out, look out, look at that, this guy, what he's doing, Michael. That has to be shared. That's Maverick. Yeah. Um, and then you you get him on and he's like so articulate about how he runs his business and so on and he doesn't work for a big brand yes he's three pop restaurants that's it yeah. you know but he again doing some incredible stuff that really you know he touches people's life he changed communities so again you know that's that's where the, the the audience become powerful and you get engaged with them and you and you learn again a lot from a person like that if he can yeah. build a business that take, does that why can't we not build big businesses that do that well, and I'm glad you mentioned Gary Vee too, because I think we, we both listen to Gary Vee and like Tony Robbins and a few other people out there in the world. Um, but I think when um, Gary Vee has also mentioned that when you're doing something with intention to get something back, yeah, you're more likely to just kind of shoot yourself in the foot. Like it's very clear when you have intentions of selfishness. Versus yeah. when you are literally just giving value, just like I want to give as much value to anybody and everybody as I can. Um, hence why we both do our own podcast, because we feel like there's so much out there that it just we just need to dump it out. We just need to give the value. And um, and I think when you when you do that with just like you obviously have proof with Ed, when you're just doing it from a heart, and you're just doing it to do because you care, um, you you get in return, you know, maybe not, it doesn't have to come in forms of money or, you know, a pat on the back, but it could just be little things that you get back in return. And it's when it's unintentional, it's more powerful in, in that sense. Um, so I'm yeah, glad that you brought that up. Just go ahead. I totally agree. I totally agree. And there's so much out there. And, you know, if you look at it, you know, if you took it to Edison, you know, as an example, again, are you doing something for commercial reason? Are you doing it for purpose? That fitted in with my purpose of making a better community. Yeah. And did Ed did Ed blow the charts because he was he's not Danny Meyer, you know, but yeah. he has a heart like Danny Meyer. There's no doubt about that. And that was the interesting thing here is that actually, uh, if you looked at it, if you had analyzed it and you said I'm looking at it from a commercial point of view, and I you didn't do it because you thought this is an important story and I really care about what Ed is doing. Uh, you would thought I'm not going to bring that I'm not going to spend my time recording him uh, and put him on but actually I, I did it's one of the most downloaded episodes we have wow wow and it's funny it's often those you don't believe that's where you you know you take it you know you take a pond you think this because it's about great stories you know and it's about stories that where people care for something you know you can you can you can you can feel when people care yeah uh, are you talking it because you have a certain job and that's fine. That's also that can you can learn a lot from that. But like some some somebody that really cares and have passion for what they do, their business and their communities, that's where the real learning is in my world. That's where there's silver bullets to problem solving. What's been, I guess, the biggest thing going on with COVID? Because obviously, um, I think that COVID is going to be the reason what shows these fundamentals and this consistency work. Yeah. And um, so I'm kind of curious, what's what's your life been like and what's the business been like um, since the start of it, you know, back in March and and with what you guys are doing? 
Yeah, I think I think you can tell I can tell a similar story as many others I'm involved in on a different platforms by hostility maverick in board positions and also a bit more hands-on than some others. And of course, like anyone else, it's been like a you know, it's a ride. It's a it's a, the most insane thing I ever experienced. And <laughs> I don't have to tell the same story that revenue disappeared and all that. Uh, but I think well, I think I will try to to ask my uh, take your question and elaborate a bit on it myself and think okay what is the what is the most important thing I've learned with the pandemic and I think even for me there's uh, I, I really you know I really try to be a people first leader but I really found out that you know it's all about the 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 three P's you know people 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 mm. and within that caring for people. If it's people in your work, in your life, how can you care for others? How can you give a bit more? And I've been, you know, really surprised about seeing an industry that has been, you know, ripped apart all over the globe, not only in Europe or the UK or London, all over been, it's been decimated right now because of people can't go out and eat and uh, you can we can talk about political support and all that stuff but that's not really relevant but still many of them like ed or many other operators uh, leon is a big operator in the uk they have been out giving to the the, the frontline employees in the hospitals the firefighters the police in the first part of the pandemic they're helping homeless people hotels are giving rooms away and you think that that you know, I knew it was an industry, you know, that was, that was resilient and so on, but also where there's a lot of heart and care. And uh, I think that's quite unique for, 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 for the hospitality industry. And I think that's, you know, I knew it was there and I knew it from, you know, I thought it was in pockets, but there's actually more of it than I thought. And I thought it was good to see all this political commercial structure was ripped a bit away and you just saw that the true humanity and the touch hospitality has and and that has made me really you know positive about the future because that means as well that there's one thing technology can't do is actually copy humanity in in a way you can't be yeah. human technology yeah. and i think that's where we're gonna set ourselves apart if we take the challenge up that doesn't mean we don't have to run businesses that's better than they were before, more agile and so on. We needed to do that anyway. Recession, uh, recession, pandemic, is that didn't matter. We were going through that process anyway. But I think that's like my biggest learning also as an individual, like the importance of caring for others and taking time for that, even though you don't think you have it. Because we could work night and day right now. And I think, and I think sometimes forget to care about ourselves and others. Yeah, Self-care. Yeah is as important as caring for others because if you don't care about yourself and take care of yourself you can't take care of others it's the the classic airplane analogy yeah the yeah mask goes down <laughs> you have to put it on yourself first before you put it on there so care in a way is like the big thing i've learned out of this and it's come back on my radar as well sometimes you just have to you know stop up and it's not to caring for each other because we are as a, we are all in this together globally hospitality yeah. not hospitality yeah, yeah. no and uh, it ties in great to this you know other project that you and i are on is the hospitality game changers right we talk about you know we are all affected we're all in this we're resilient i love that you said that we're like a not yes every other you know businesses outside of hospitality are, are resilient they have to it's either sink or swim in a lot of ways for a lot of people yeah. um I quit my day job as a hotel manager, December 27th, 2019 mm. and went three months into the new year. And I think we all saw, you know, loss of revenue, loss of income, you know, the progress that, you know, I didn't think I would be doing what I'm doing now in 2019, early 2020, but it comes down to the sink or swim. And one thing we've noticed, and you and I have talked about this actually off, off recording before too, is that um, we got stuck. And I feel like we got stuck you know, yeah. as an industry. We've been doing this for 20 years. Why would we change? We've been doing it this way for so long. Da, 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 da. All, yeah. these, all these excuses. Um, now we're seeing the awakening of like, okay, we can't, we can't say that anymore. And if we do, you, you sink. You, you say, well, I've been doing it this way. I'm going to continue to do it this way. I'm not going to adapt. I'm not going to be resilient. I'm just going to continue. Um, yeah. And those businesses haven't made it. 
and if they have who knows how long they're going to continue to make it and um so when it comes to this resiliency this new this new era do you what is it what is going to be the maverick move is what i'm I, I'm, it's a hard question <laughs> and I saw the look on your face. It's a, what is yeah. the Maverick move? Like what, do, what's gonna- One move, the one not, move. Not, not even the one move. Cause I think it's like, what, what we, we've been asking the question, what's it gonna take to make us change, right? What is it gonna yeah. take for an industry to, to shift? Now we're seeing all these new trends. We're seeing cruise lines docking and, and renting out co-working and, and entrepreneurial yeah. spaces. And we're seeing restaurants create igloos and, and all sorts of crazy new innovative ways to bring people to, to them. And whether it's bring people or bring services, right? So now we can do this. We can continue to pivot and trend and do all these, you know, 2020 words that we're talking about, but what is the maverick move for continuing? Is it back to the fundamentals of consistency? Like what's going to make us actually rise out and see the light at the end of the tunnel and not go backwards once, once we're in a post COVID world and all this other crazy stuff. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good question. I'll see if I can answer that shortly because <laughs> my, my, my brain is over firing on a bit very complicated storyline. But uh, okay, so pre-pandemic, we, I think you indicate as well, we're already as an industry, uh, hospitality on an IVH, smaller margins and so on. And not many years ago, I was talking about my mom and dad doing 15%. We actually had a reasonable profitability, but, but there was a couple of trends that was going on pre-pandemic, you know, we had rising costs, workforce challenges across the globe. Uh, there was already economic uncertainty. We're talking yeah. about when does the bubble burst? Uh, we're struggling in as an industry making technology work. We have massive challenges around the planet. The UN has been out with 17 goals for, you know, a better place, a better world. Uh, and thereby hospitality was also needed to participate in that. We, we did it or not. There's definitely something as businesses needed to be part of a solving Flat was uh, growth was flat. Consumer trust, in a way, tapping down the old cookie cutter corporate model, was actually losing trust. Consumers didn't really believe in what you said. The consumers become more savvy. There's a lots of problems, and then there's already a, a, an infrastructure changing slowly, and brands disappearing, and new players coming in, Airbnb disrupting things in in the yeah. hotel world and so on. So the house was already turning on its head. And the pandemic threw it on the head, I would say. <laughs> and I don't think there's a simple solution to this, but there's definitely, you know, there was too many businesses, and this is a this is maybe going to sound not very maverick. It's going to sound very boring, but often, as I said, the small and boring things is what makes mavericks and make maverick businesses that they understand that profitability trumps everything, but not of the cost of everything. Yeah. doesn't mean that that's how they play their game. They only play it for profitability, but understand that profitability is the fuel to make the world, uh, make their people better, make, make the communities better, make the planet better. And they understand that and then reinvest into that. And that's great companies uh, that's already doing this within hospitality. When we go outside from a bigger, everybody knows about Patagonia. So the way they approach business, you know, Southwest Airlines has a very specific way of approaching business as well. Uh, maybe South, Air, uh, South Airlines not in saving the planet, but definitely in making a better job and a better community for people. Uh, you don't have to be out for saving the planet as Patagonia, but that's interesting things with these businesses, what they're doing. And I think there is something of what I call, I call it the Mavericks. They have like a Maverick uh, center of what they're doing and they're a bit like recession proof. And they really, in a way, thrive in a recession, even though you can say Patagonia is a premium product. Yeah. But they have a really important message right now. And the same, you go to Southwest Airlines, they will deliver and they will probably be the one of the airlines in the world that comes out best out of this. You know, they're going to be hit, but they're going to come out best. And they, they do four things. They they understand the purpose and culture is actually at the core of it. They understand the direction of what the business are taking. And they understand to get the right people on the bus and the wrong people of the bus. And then they set a culture for that. But also understand that there's not only one revenue streams. And you mentioned about uh, cruise liners coming in, docking, creating, you know, co-working spaces and so on. But they understood from the outset when they built their business that we need multiple revenue streams to de-risk if anything goes wrong. 
yeah. we need multiple products in principle. And hospitality often is very one stringed or has been up to now. Well, uh, we saw that. Um, sorry to, I don't mean to yeah. cut you off. But we saw that in, uh, in, in April too with people that were putting their properties just on Airbnb and relied 100% on the reservations from that one platform. Yeah. So they lost it all. And they yeah. had no reserve. They had no other stream of whether, yeah. you know, anything, their own, you know, platform that they manage multiple channels on or, yeah. or not. Um, and so I think, yeah, hundred percent. Right. So yeah, continue on my friend, continue on. And then I think they will, uh, you know, uh, and then the magic is the one thing is in the middle. It's, it's going to come. And the, the, the third thing is they, you know, the, we talked about humanity, the human experience, uh, creating an experience that's not just, you know, led by tech tech is part of it but they, they experience led they understand that they're not only just a transaction anymore they're part of an yeah. experience in people's life and that could, that could be on a smaller on a big scale the experience in southwest airlines is not the most uh, luxurious experience because i traveled with them when i was in the u.s because i wanted to go and see what is this about it's it's very friendly very banter you know and crazy things can happen on these planes but you know it's really they create an experience for no money in principle yeah. and that's an experience but also they have multi-revenue streams uh, in their business and then they understand to use tech to do the heavy lifting for for the people and tech is not the, the key to every solution but they're definitely used to build smarter infrastructure and you see these these businesses will be the mavericks in my world this is how i see it's coming together. And of course, I understand within under these circles, I'm, I explained in very high level here, there's a lot of activity going on, a lot of things they do, but that, you know, that, you know, you can call it almost those ingredients together makes the perfect maverick recipe hmm. I love to that. success perfect. in the future. But again, it starts with purpose and culture. And I think you mentioned in the beginning of this yeah. episode, that's the foundation and lots of businesses think they have clarified their purpose, culture, uh, values, call it what you want, beliefs, behaviors, but they haven't. And they're not manifested in the way they operate. So it starts yeah. actually with getting that right and understand that and get that clarified. And then that get that implemented into your operations manual and, and all that stuff you have. Yeah. Well, and, and it comes back to, there's another part that we, we talked about was just the, when you do something for intentions of yourself, like your own self, you know, pleasure or not pleasure, just, just promoting. Like I think of, um, I think of people that go out and like do things to get recognition or do things to get revenue and make sure it's very easy. Like as well, it's pretty obvious when people are doing things for themselves. It's, uh, it's, it's unless you're a great, you know, scam artist, uh, it's pretty obvious. There's, yeah. there's a, we all know what it looks like to be sold to. Um, yeah. But I think when it comes back, and like you just said, was the the moment we're just caring, we just care. So we're just gonna do it. We're just gonna put it out there. We don't have any expectations. There's no dollar. There's no you know dotted line that everyone needs to sign and and sell their soul and all that type of stuff. It, it just you care, and then in return you get value back. And um, And when you give value back, when you're just giving value and you don't expect anything in return, it just, it does happen. Like you do get recognition or you do get clients or you do get products sold or you do get that following, that base. And then it continues to grow and it grows in ways that you don't expect because when you're being unintentional about being intentional, like yeah. I care about you and I'm going to do this. I don't expect you to pay me. I don't expect yeah. you to do this then you, you actually end up getting some, some pretty incredible results that you probably didn't even imagine. And so I think, yeah, the hundred percent, it just goes back to the, the, the key point of people, 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 and just bringing, bringing the, some life and some meaning into what we, what we're doing um, and just showing people that we care. It's, it's incredible to see the simple human acts of kindness uh, can actually be the maverick game changer uh for a lot of things that we do and i think it comes back again this is not new there's a lot of this is not new thinking principle i feel like good to grade service profit chain have already raised this years ago you know if you take care of your people and uh, then i extend it a bit and say the community and the planet the rest will yeah. follow 
great uh, great great employee engagement great sales great profit it will follow yeah. but you need to trust the process and need to stick on it and you need to keep on carrying and this is the moment to practice this because exactly for once you know you have the time to practice it yeah that's because true you have no you can't you can't there's no quick way to growth you know and nobody's gonna it's gonna be very difficult to borrow money to quick growth so you have to build everything organic so this is the time to to rip the old playbooks to pieces and do this and people will remember for what you did if it was giving something back to community and, and it always come back you know uh, there's a great story about um uh, uh marks and spencers uh in on the second world war marks and spencers one of the biggest shopping uh shopping uh, uh, providers they have food they have clothes and they're a bit like sears i think in the us if we should try to get a name on them uh, and are they in challenge now but in the second world war they decided the right thing to do because the army couldn't afford it is to give the army free uniforms mm. that has been remembered up to today so what you do today what will how will that be remembered in decades after as a business ask yourself that question what do you do today how will that be remembered in decades after because that's really building brand and impact and culture that you can't you can't buy for advertising money or agency money or yeah so i think sometimes you have to think about what is it that you can do today that really want you know maybe you're not going to see it straight away but you're really going to see how it's going to change people's lives it changed those soldiers lives. they had like yeah. great uniforms to go to war in against the German. I'm hundred percent sure. Yeah. No, I think that's a incredible final, final note for, for the podcaster or the slick talkers out there. Um, what, where can people find you? Obviously I'm going to tag everything in the show notes. We're working together yeah. on the game changers project. So like there's tons of, there's going to be tons more of you and I, um, on, on many things, but I'm just for, for everyone that's listening, where can they find you? What, what's coming up with you? Anything exciting, uh, final, final closing thoughts. Um, you could, uh, find me on hostilitymavericks.com. You can, if you, you want to have a chat, you know, book a chat with me there as well. Uh, so there's a bottom there saying book a chat with Michael. We can talk about anything. It doesn't have to be business. It can be career, whatever. Um, mm. Then, uh, of course, there's LinkedIn. It's probably one of the best platform. Michael Tingsair. And then, uh, you know, Instagram and Twitter and so on. Just put my name in and I should be quite easy to, to find. And always happy to, to talk with people that also want to make the, the world a better place. Um, and what, what, what is coming? What is the big next thing coming for Hospitality Mavericks? I think it's um, as where we are in the world today with our second lockdown dooming. I think it's about continuing delivering consistent insights, tools to help our dear hospitality leaders to solve their problems. That's our yeah. job right now. And I think it's keeping that consistency and improving that week on week. That's not like a massive big announcement coming in the, in, in, in the coming, coming period. Uh, it's a bit like a regrouping period. Um, lots have happened, been involved in a lot of things, but uh, it's about continuing, you know, adding guests, that really can add value into to to the operator's life out there, um, and then we are launching, you know, uh, a couple of theme series on the podcast that have been planned for a long time, but because of the pandemic, would uh, postponed a bit. One of them, um, it's going to be around how to create a more impactful businesses. So like a lot mm -hmm. around purpose, culture, circular economy, donut economy. Uh, uh, infinite and, uh, and, and and finite thinking so it's going, be, it's going to be called hospitality and the infinity game and we have a partner and that's called david chenery that's that's going to be a co-host there so so that's coming something but this all comes back to we believe that these are the kind of thinking and mindset that needs to be part of the new future the new future yeah. for hospitality and we don't have all the answers but we need to start asking some question to build a better industry as we like we talk about in the game changer forum you yeah. know and there's some great people in there putting some great things in you know that's probably been my favorite go-to news channel now if i want to learn something new what's going on exactly. uh, for once i don't have to seek for it anymore i can just <laughs> find some great 
curated content not because i'm part of it myself but there is some really good stuff people share in there so yeah yeah no i couldn't agree more that's that's so much and i think like just the way using the platform correctly is that's just a perfect example so obviously i'm going to be tuning into that um all that great stuff that just yeah sounds great so i'm excited um for all the slick talkers out there i'm going to tag everything in the show notes so of course look at it click it and head on over um but thank you michael again just for being on the show man it's been incredible to get to know you this last couple months um i you know i can't believe it's taken us three years to finally connect but (laughs) but it's been great to to finally do it and i just love what you're doing man it's just incredible so thank you for being on the show and bringing silver bullets to the slick talk audience out there yeah and uh thank you for having me on and it's been also a a thrilling journey to to get you to know will as well so it's uh, let's let's continue adding good stuff out there and see if we can inspire people for for some positive change Thank you so much for listening. We love your support and want to provide the best we can to all our listeners. So please find us online, social media, and on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. What's up, everybody? If you've gotten this far into the episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast, then you are amazing. And thank you so much for tuning in. We want to send you two places really quickly. If you can, check out the show notes and click the hospitality.fm link. Check out all of our other shows on the podcast network. And don't forget, if you have someone that you want to hear on the podcast, then fill out the guest fill out form so that way we can get them on the show. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy another episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast.